What do you do when you get two crazy sports fanatics, one from Boston and one from New York? We'll get ready for a sports talk party this morning right here on WTBR. It's time for WTBR Sports Talk with Robbie and Sean right here in downtown Pittsfield. Give us a call right now at 413-445-4234. Here we go. everybody welcome again to wtbr sports talk uh robbie z right here with uh, my partner in crime here mr sean cronin nice to have you back in the studio there great to be back thank you sir no problem what a crazy weekend huh obviously 9 11 and the 20th anniversary and just a lot of emotion especially being from new york and growing up outside the city and it was a crazy weekend, man. I thought the ceremonies at, uh, you know, at City Field and just the whole weekend was very, very bittersweet. But uh, a lot of a lot of memories and, boy, it was just a wild night. And, and, I can't uh, believe it's been 20 years. 9-11. 20 years. It's, 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 it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I was working for a small station. I was, um, she's, and I got a call from my buddy at about 8.30 in the morning to tell us a plane hit the towers, and the next thing you know, we're on the phone, and another plane hits, and boy, next thing you know, they'll change the whole lives of everybody in this country, and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was an unbelievable uh, weekend, a lot of uh, a lot of amazing uh, speeches. Not, 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 not to age you any, but I was sitting in my <laughs> 11th grade English class oh when that happened, oh, wow. and, and we, you know, every classroom in our school had TVs and we saw the first plane hit and my my English teacher said all right guys time for your uh, final exam for the first sem- you know and and we were all like no like this is no we're not taking a test today <laughs> it's, yeah right everybody was just it was it was just an insane moment and Can't, I'll, I'll I- never forget where I was when that happened and I flew home from North Carolina the day before that event and my flight almost got delayed to the next day. Oh, wow, to see your so, mom, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. It, it was a crazy, crazy thing. I know. It's just amazing, 20 years. So, let's... Getting, getting to sports. <laughs> let's start. Well, let's start with the National Football League because, boy, the local teams... I'll let you hit the Patriots first since you saw the game. I know Mac had a pretty good game, and I, I told you how much I like Mac, but obviously uh, only 16 points, so... I'll let you talk about the Patriots. So what? Uh, so what? So what's your what's your feeling about the Patriots this weekend? And uh, obviously next week they have a another game against the Jets. So uh, so I'll let you 
pontificate about that particular game, so go go for it, man. Mac Jones looked great. The defense after the first drive, they gave up a touchdown on the first drive. Tua looked really good, but Mac Jones looked really good, and I thought they were going to win the game. It was 17-16 with about, I don't know, 35, 40 seconds left on the clock, and Damian Harris fumbles the ball at the goal line. Oh, my goodness. And that, that was it. That was the turnover, and that's a Bill Belichick teams do not – uh, like turnovers, you know, so I don't know if that guy's going to have a role next week. They thought he was going to be the number one back. They traded Sony Michelle to the right. Rams. Who's very popular, right. And we drafted um, Ramad, I can't remember the guy's last name, but he's a big, big running back. He reminds me a lot of, um, geez, I can't remember the guy's name either. Anyway, he's, he's, it's, you know what? It's he's 10 a, 4 in he, the morning. You're not yeah, supposed to remember yeah, he's, he's a big running back, <laughs> and I think he might get a lot of uh, the lion's share of. Uh, Plays going the guy from forward. Alabama? Is it the guy from Alabama? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Stevenson yes. or whatever the heck his name is. Stevenson, that's the go. one. Right. That's the guy. Well, I'm yep. a Bama guy, so that, I figured I knew that one. <laughs> uh, we'll have an Alabama quarterback and an Alabama running back. Yep. Yep. Well, there you go, so. folks. That's right, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. they, 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 they brought Nick Folk back, and they, they had set him up perfectly for a game-winning field goal, but you, you can't fumble the ball at the seven-yard line. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's, I know, it's terrible. Uh, geez, speaking of fumbles. And your Giants, man. Oh, my, please. Daniel Jones. Man. Yep. Uh, I, I, see, Jones, I see, we got a, I see a look on. on your face. Yep. <laughs> right. There's a couple of chords in here. No, I won't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 413-445-4234 to call here at uh, WTBR Sports Talk. Call Talk. us. Call us here. You yeah, know, here. give us give us both the hard time about our football teams. Oh my go God. ahead. Well, and our baseball teams. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the Yankees and the Red Sox after. And uh, all right, what a crazy what a crazy week in the NFL. Though, oh, man. it's just crazy ridiculous. week. All right, let's talk about the Giants for a second. All right, all right. Daniel Jones, twenty two of thirty seven for two hundred fifty four yards. All right, um, they <laughs> held the ball, I believe, for um, much less time. I mean, uh, Denver got the ball for thirty five minutes, and and the Giants had the ball for twenty four minutes. Um, the Giants got 60 yards on the ground from Saquon Barkley, who's supposed to be back. Saquon, coming back from knee injury, supposed to be back. Carry the ball 10 times. And I got to talk about Jason Garrett because this guy. Your buddy, the Clapper. Oh, the Clapper. Hey, the Clapper. The Clapper. Hey. It's the Clapper. Oh, my God. Well, the Clapper has about the vivid imagination of the average tree stump when it comes to being an offensive coordinator. When this guy was hired, I called the station, I called the fan in New York, and I said, you got to be kidding me. This guy was the worst head coach for 10 years, the worst guy in the red zone, and the Giants were like, oh, let's bring him back. And everybody was giving me grief. They're like, oh, Rob, how could you say that? He's such a great offensive mind. I mean, did anybody watch this game? I mean, the Giants, if you're going to stink, could you at least be exciting? They are so boring. They scored seven points, and at the end, as Marv Albert used to call, extensive garbage time, they scored a touchdown on the last play to get the 27-13. to 13. All right, let's start with Saquon Barkley. All right, he ran for, I told you, 2.5 yards a carry. Now, this is not all his fault. Did the line block well for the, for the, for the pass? For the most part, Vaughn Miller you know, disrupted them a bit and obviously had two sacks, and they had a bunch of hurries. But the way that they use this guy is just ridiculous. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is the greatest quarterback that the Giants have ever drafted because he's not. 
but you might be able to put him in a position where he could have more success by rolling him out and misdirecting him a little bit. I mean, Jason Garrett runs the most boring offense in the history of football. They went out and got Kenny Galladay. They think they have weapons. Now, Evan Ingram missed last game, and he's a very important piece to the Giants' success on offense. So, no, no Evan Ingram. The inability to run the ball, okay, and the inability to have any kind of drives, okay, because the defense can't get off the field. How many years have we seen this garbage over and over and over with them giving up touchdowns at the end of halves, letting teams drive? Get off the field already. Get the, off the field. The only the only defense I can have for Daniel Jones is that he was drafted sixth overall, and they could have drafted him with the 23rd overall pick. Of course they pick. could have. And I, I, I feel bad for the guy because it's it's not his fault that he was drafted that high. And after he was drafted, he went to a game at Yankee Stadium. They put him on the screen in center field, and he got booed. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I remember that, that, that those are the two images I remember of Daniel Jones was that image. And then when he – it was last year running down the field, nobody anywhere near him, and he trips and falls over his own feet. Could have had a touchdown. By Tripped the, and falls over. Every time I hear the name Daniel Jones, I see that image in my head and I laugh. Oh my, right, last year I'm tripping over. Dave, Dave Gettleman has no <sighs> no business being a general manager. He, he, he was terrible in Carolina. He's terrible with the Giants. That, that guy does not deserve to be a general manager in the NFL. He's, I mean, he's terrible. How and, many and, years? And then when they sign Nate Solder who was awful for my Patriots, and they, they give him a huge contract. He takes, what, a, like basically a half, you know, half his contract pay cut this year to stay. Why? Why would they pay him? They should pay him to go away. <laughs> the guy is awful. He know, was awful with the Patriots. Yep. He's awful with the Giants. I, I just don't understand why teams keep guys around that, that are terrible. And he's terrible. They have had a terrible offensive line for 10 years. Look, look at Eli Manning. I mean, half his career was ruined because he, they couldn't protect him. Now, I'm not saying it was a jailbreak, okay? I mean, the offensive line blocked particularly well for the past. Not bad. I mean, like I said, only two sacks. But the run blocking is just atrocious. And you think Garrett would have the brains to say, okay, you can't run up the middle. You can't run from scrimmage. How about a flare pass in the flat to Barkley, who's a tremendous open field runner? Not one screen pass to the flat for Barkley the whole game. Not one. Not one long pass down the field. And here's, okay, here was the long pass down the field, all right? 46 yards on a broken play, a free play. Daniel Jones goes down the field and hits Slayton, okay, for 46 yards. The next play from scrimmage is a six-yard loss on a pitchback to the wide receiver. Why are you calling that? What is the point of this guy? I mean, <laughs> the guy's unbelievable. Why, why do you call that play? And, and Joe Judge, the head coach, he thinks he's Bill Belichick Jr. I mean, he's making coaches run laps. In the preseason, he's not giving guys jersey numbers. It's like if you're going to be Bill Belichick, you got to start winning games. And it's like the Belichick coaching tree, not many coaches that have left New England have left and been successful. Mr. Fuentes, he's about the only one right now. He's about the only one so far. I mean, Brian Fuentes, I mean, McDaniels, he goes to Denver and he drafts Tim Tebow. Which I'm sorry, that's a joke in where's, itself. Where's Tim Tebow right now? Is he Tim Tebow is now for back, another team? Or? He, now he, the, the Mets caught him, or he retired, however you want to call yeah, it. I know, He's I know. now back analyzing college football on ESPN. Well, I go. wish Tim Tebow would go away because I'm, <laughs> I'm sick and tired of hearing Tim Tebow's name. He, he, his voice annoys the crap out of me. Uh, I, I don't think he's very good at what he does. Um, the only reason he got a chance in baseball is because his name is Tim Tebow. Of course, of course. But I, I mean, it, it was like a money grab from the ownership of the Mets 
it, it, you know. I'm trying not to laugh too hard. <laughs> I'm trying not to either, but it, it's just annoying. And can we can we speak of another Jones? Sure, Jerry Jones. Ah, go have ahead. you watched yes. Hard Knocks at all? No, but I watched the Dallas Cowboys blow okay, the so, game against so Tom Brady the other d- night. Does, does Jerry Jones just not like to hire good head coaches? Because oh. you know, I mean, because you go from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. He's awful. If Mike McCarthy couldn't thrive with maybe the most talented quarterback to ever play, Aaron Rodgers. What what are you doing, Jerry Jones? Jerry Jones ought to just head coach a team. What's he's eighty six years old? He's got his son sitting up in the booth, wiping his glasses off, <laughs> drinking his Johnny Walker Blue. But he ought to just coach the team. I mean, he keeps saying every year, he goes, "I want to get back to another Super Bowl. I'm going to do everything I can to get back to Super Bowl." But it you sounds have a, like Mr. Rogers a but, little bit there. But you, ha- <laughs> you you have a terrible head coach. I mean, I don't think Dak Prescott's very good. He had a great game against Tampa, but you're going to put up stats when he throw 58 passes. You're, num- you're, you're going to put up stats, but... I- how could you give Brady, wait, how could you give Brady... You know, I'm watching the game, and they're not running the ball, and they throw the ball, and the clock stops, so Tampa keeps their timeout. And I'm thinking to myself, you know Brady's going to go down the, mi- <laughs> the field in a minute 24 and get a field goal win the game, and exactly what happened. 49th come-from-behind win in the fourth quarter, game-winning the drive. The guy's unbelievable. He threw the ball 50 yards down the field. I mean, he threw the ball almost 55, 60 yards down the field from the from, from midfield. The guy's unbelievable. And the thing that's amazing about him is that he's 44, and most of the guys have retired. Like, the reason... Peyton Manning retired. The reason Drew Brees retired. The reason a lot of these guys retired because they don't have arm strength anymore. And this guy still does. It's I, the guy's unbelievable. You I, knew, I, you I knew want, he was going down the field and scoring. I mean, the guy's he really is. Amazing. I, I want to know what's in that TB12 method. That I'm so sick was, of him, but he's amazing. It, it, it's I rooted for Brady last year. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be a Pats fan, but I was pulling for Brady last year because I'm like he had an off of Belichick. He was sick and tired of him. And it was just amazing that they, they won a Super Bowl. They didn't have a preseason because of COVID. And right. Gronk comes out of retirement. I'm not a big fan of Gronk anymore. Cause uh, he was I tremendous he, the I other night, he, though. I think he slided the Patriots, you know, you know, retired. And he then he comes out of retirement. Game. They trade him for, what, a sixth-round draft pick or something like right, that. Right. But but I, I, I'm ha- I've had a little bit too much of Tom Brady. I'm done. <laughs> it's Mac time. Yeah, absolutely. And the Jets yesterday, the uh, debut of Zach, uh, Zach Wilson, um, 20 of 37, two t- uh, TDs. But this is the real stat that kills the kid. Sacked six times. They're six gonna, times. They're going to kill this kid, literally. I mean, Becton's hurt. He, he went out. And, you know, Becton's a beast, but Becton obviously hasn't developed the way the Jets thought he would. I wanted to see the Giants draft him because I couldn't stand the draft of Andrew Thomas. I'm like watching Thomas the last two years. I'm going, why did they take this guy with, what, the fourth pick in the draft? And Becton, um, you know, has had his share of problems as well. But... This kid, you know, and the first half, not great. Second half, two TDs. Um, I like him. I like the kid a lot. Um, but, you know, the, for the Jets now, it's just about the development of the quarterback. It's about, you know, getting uh, the most out of what they can get out of this team right now. The defense isn't that great, but I think Robert Sala is going to do a pretty good job. I heard him yesterday on ESPN radio. He was interviewed, and he sounds like a guy who, you know, is very headstrong, organized, knows what he's doing. Basically, the antithesis of Adam Gaze, who, by the way, I thought was the worst coach who ever took the field. I well, mean, the best the thing worst. that ever happened to uh, Ryan Tannehill was to get rid of the, uh, the Adam Gaze problem. Yeah. Where is Adam, Adam Gaines Adam, now? And Sam Darnold wins his debut. Right. Not a which, great game, but efficient enough game. But for, he won. Sam. Yeah, he won, exactly. And he beat his old team. And he didn't throw an interception, so there you go. And Adam Gase is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Which is the best thing that could happen to the NFL. Exactly. Adam Gase is awful. Right. 
And Zach Wilson, like you said, he got sacked six times. He's not a big kid. No, he's, you know, not. he's not. He doesn't stand six foot five like Brady does. You know, he's if he keeps getting sacked like that, it's going to be like not Derek Carr, but David Carr when he got drafted. He was sacked what a hundred oh plus times his first year. Like guys like that, they need an offensive line because they don't last. Yeah, it's it's that it's um they're they're just not um what you would call it. Uh, the problem with a guy like like uh, Zach Wilson is that obviously you know he's now learning the game you know pretty much in his rookie year reading defenses and you know and so forth and being able to you know pass down the field and you know and just you know become familiar with other teams and familiar with the league and so forth and tendencies and all these other things so but he's a guy who has a quick release, he has a much better release than Daniel Jones. And, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is something we can focus on, too. I wanted to mention about Daniel Jones. The fumbling has got to stop. They drive the ball down the field, right? And Jones runs, and what does he do on the 13-yard line? Is they ready to go in for score and make it a three-point game? He fumbles, and that's it. I mean, game over, Denver gets the ball, and then Gordon takes off for a 70-yard rush down the field for a touchdown, and the game's over. I mean... I just, it's like the same old Giants every year, the same old Giants, the same garbage, the same crap, the same things they do. And like I said, they go into Washington without Ryan Fitzpatrick, and the kid, the kid that backs them up is not a bad player. He's pretty good, actually. Heineke? Yeah, Heineke. He's yeah. not bad, you know? And so Heineke. He, play, he played pretty well yeah. against, against Tampa in the playoff game last he year. He did. So and he got rewarded with a two year, $8 million contract. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's not a bad player. So, so, and they have a very good defense. Let's face it, they have two of the best young defensive players in the league, okay? So, who says the Giants are going to be able to run the ball again? No. Who says the Giants are going to be able to throw the ball down the field? What are they going to do? I mean, they're not getting play from special teams. They're not getting creating. They created one turnover. Ryan Logan, your former Patriot guy, got a turnover. But the Giants don't take advantage of anything. But it's like they're so boring. Can you throw the ball down the damn field once in a while? It's amazing. 4 4 5 4 2 3 4 4 and 3 4 4 5 Four two three four. Let's talk a little bit of uh, sports talk right here at WTBR eighty nine point seven FM here in Pittsfield, and it's a gorgeous day. I mean, I love this time of year, September and October, fall and stuff. You know, football season's on, and uh, we're going to get into some baseball too as well. But does yeah. it does it get any better than the, the opening week of football? Oh, it's great. Did you wake up on Sunday morning and you go? I mean, obviously you have the Thursday night game, but you wake up Sunday morning and you go ah. Right, a lot of surprising. Smells like football. A lot of surprising scores yesterday too. The Eagles go down to Atlanta. Humili- the Falcons stink. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Ryan ought to just retire. Call it a career, okay? And nice career. That, that was Arthur Smith's debut as head coach, and that that everybody thought they were going to be just. Would they lose thirty-eight to three? And how about Green Bay getting beat by the Saints? They got smoked the by the Saints. The worst game that Rodgers has had, like, all, you know, I ever saw. I mean, he was awful. I mean, at, I, at least he came out and admitted it at the press conference. He goes, I was terrible. He goes, my team deserves better than that. He he was terrible. And I, I don't know if maybe the off-season drama maybe kind of got to him a little bit. But, I mean, it's been, you know, two years. I mean, they drafted Jordan Love as his replacement. <laughs> and, that, you know, and, they, and the, the thing about that is they traded up. To draft Jordan, I know Love. that was ridiculous. And Jordan Love was terrible his last year in college, and and that you know Rogers is a very dramatic guy. I listen to him on a couple sports radio shows when he comes on, and he's he's all about himself. And I think that he was a little too much about himself going into that game because he was terrible. But last year, let's face it. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that they did not put him in for that fourth down play and to leave. <laughs> That, mean, was that was so that was dumb. awful. You're going to tell me that Brady's not going to turn the, that Brady? You're giving him two minutes left in the game that he's going to actually get stopped? I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, you, the guy's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Let him play on fourth down. 
Look who, look who, look who Brady the gauntlet of quarterbacks he ran through to win that Super Bowl last year. I mean, Rodgers, Breeze. Yep. I mean, Breeze is, was a shell of himself, but yeah, uh, Patty Mahomes. I mean, Brady ran through a gauntlet of quarterbacks but to win that Super you, right? Bowl. Then it shows you that you have to have a great offensive line, right? Because look at Mahomes running for his life last year. He got killed. I know, because the he, offensive he, line he was missed, banged he up. He missed almost the, sec- the whole second half of the game against Cleveland. I mean, they're lucky they won that game. Because Dave Gettleman doesn't, that's why Dave Gettleman doesn't get it. I mean, every year it's the same thing. Oh, the offensive line is bad. Oh, what are you going to do about the offensive line? Oh, it's the offensive line. Oh, the offensive line. I mean, every stinking year. And also, too, the Giants never have a decent pass rush. Once in a while, they have a decent pass rush. There's nobody on the Giants' defense when you when you actually break down a game and you are coaching staff on the opposite side and say, "We got to stop this guy. We got to watch out for this guy. This guy's dangerous. We got to protect against this guy." Nothing. Same thing with the offensive side. Should have been Saquon Barkley, not Kenny Galladay, and they have Slayton, and they had Shep had a nice game yesterday. So, like, well, we have some weapons, and now Evan Ingram coming back hopefully on Thursday. It's like they have guys that can play. The problem is, is that. How do you get the ball, these guys? I mean, Daniel Jones is throwing behind people, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know the breakdown in him. I really don't know the breakdown on Daniel Jones yet. I can't, you know, I, I, just, I just don't think he's that good. Anyway, we got a caller, so that's great. It's good to get calls. So, uh, all right, so let's do this. Huh? All right, caller, are you there? You're on WTBR Sports Talk. What's happening, guys? Ralphie, what's going on, brother? Nice, nice to hear from you. So we're just talking about the NFL, the National Football League. Remember John Facenda, the voice of God? <laughs> That guy, that guy had a voice that rivaled uh, the, the Almighty, no doubt about it. He was fantastic. But, you know, i tell you about the Giants quickly. I'm not a big football guy I know you're anymore. Not. I once was, not so much anymore. But when football season rolls around, I kind of get a little depressed because it means summer's over. Yep. So I don't feel quite as good as you two feel about it. But <laughs> nevertheless, if you, if you, if you, if you uh, draft somebody like Barkley, and, you know, a wonderful athlete. Uh, he, he tends to be injury-prone. We didn't realize that. But the idea of um, drafting that running back is probably a, a poor decision, no matter how you look at it. And, you know, when you see a specimen like this guy and you see his abilities and all his capabilities uh, notwithstanding, he's just not, that's just not a position that's highlighted in the NFL any longer. I thought they should have drafted Sam Darnold. With that pick. I thought they should have drafted Quentin Nelson, but I wanted Barkley. I was all excited about Barkley. But, you know, when you don't have an offensive line, it's hard to draft a running back that can have success. But he and, did. And when you have Dave Gettleman as a general manager, you just, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's now, a, it's a crapshoot from there. Do you think that if Darnold played in the Giants system, a decent system, let's just say that, would he flourish? Would his career have been on a better track? Abs- no, absolutely, no. just because uh, Adam Gase isn't there. <laughs> Adam Gase is the quarterback killer. I don't think so because the Giants' line stinks. I'm telling you, Peyton Manning couldn't play on that line. Tom Brady couldn't. Well, Tom Brady could because he throws the ball so quickly. So, in fact, Nate Salder was the defense, was the offensive lineman when, when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls. But anybody could be a left tackle on the Patriots because Brady gets rid of the ball so quickly. So it doesn't really matter. You know, you don't have to have a major left tackle. I could probably stand there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I, at least Darnold had a good game the other day, and uh, I'm happy for him. He's a good guy. He never complained. He never bitched about his, his job or anything or, you know, bashed the media or anything. So he took his lumps, and he acted like a professional. And now, obviously, he's going to have some success, hopefully, under Coach Rule down in North Carolina. So And they, they don't care and down in North Carolina. There's not Tom eight. Brady. Uh, not, you know, they make oops, a big sorry. deal because they got – how old is Brady? 43? 44. 44. Amazing. 44. Okay. Amazing. Now, in this day and age, um, can I say that 44 is the new 60? 
Yeah. I mean, it's a new 30. <laughs> Especially with you, man. Way. It's a new 30. Because, you know, it's not unusual for a guy to be extremely – now, I know he's playing on the NFL level. It's a whole different ball game, if you will. But, you know, at 44 in 2021, when we have the technology and, you know, fitness technology of never before, it's not the greatest feat in the world to be athletic as Tom Brady is. Because here I am standing here at 61 years of age. I don't know if I could stand in a pocket in an NFL game – but I mean, I can I can rival him in many other in many other ways. It's not the greatest speed as the media would have you believe. I, I don't I don't I don't buy it. Looks for sure. That definitely looks. <laughs> I was gonna say. Have you right? seen Have you seen Brady's combine photo from what 22 years ago when no. he was drafted? Where he's standing there in his boxers and he, you know he's got the he's got the dad bod, <laughs> and that's that's Mac Jones <laughs> looks the exact same way. It's funny they're 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 not athletic i mean brady it's it's funny brady throughout the years he's gotten faster as he's gotten older and he you know he used to when, when he when the pocket would collapse on him and he'd run you just you just go oh geez but it's like all of a sudden he i remember the playoff game against kansas city three or four years ago brady had to take off and he got about a 15 yard run and we're all just going how the hell did he pull that one off <laughs> no, he's, he's great. He's great. I mean, there's no denying it. And you mentioned Tim Tebow before, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I've had enough of Tim Tebow. And you know, he, <laughs> if you look at him play, if you saw him at the plate standing up to a to a fastball, you'd say, how could he ever, ever be playing professional baseball on any level? He was he was all out of his league, you know. But it was marketing. It was it, 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 it was a know, money grab. You know, he was in, he was interesting to watch a long time ago, but. That doesn't play in the NFL, you know. His whole, and his voice doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I don't want to come on here and bash everybody, but it's <laughs> okay. That, but. That's okay. No problem. That's so. great. But but Tebow, but Tebow gets on my nerves. I agree with you guys. Yeah, I was going to ask you about baseball of the weekend because the, the Yankees gave up 29 runs in, in 30 innings between the games with the Mets and yesterday in Minnesota. They come back and they win this game 6-5, you know, in, in 11 innings with a phantom runner at second base, which I absolutely hate that rule and stuff. My actually, That's the stupidest rule I have a friend sports. of mine who likes that rule. I'm like... <laughs> It's so dumb. It would be. It's so ridiculous. I mean, it, like we have to get the game over with because the millennials of generation here uh, don't really want to see a long baseball game. Well, you know what? <laughs> the heck with them. I don't really care what they like, quite frankly. Is, is Rob well, Robbie, Manfred... if you want to play in the beer league, you know, you should play in the beer league. That's what they. Those are the kind of rules they have in uh, slow pitch softball. You know, or, or maybe that fast pitch softball where you can't score. You know, they do things like that, but. As far as Major League Baseball, with all these little things that they're trying to inject into the game to make it quicker, to make it more appealing to the younger people, baseball is what it is. If you don't care for it, you're not going to automatically or magically start caring for it now. It doesn't work that way. Unbelievable. I know it's not. Leave it alone. It's it's an old... Time game and and how about the three the three batter minimum for oh, a reliever coming out of the that's bullpen? That's the worst. That's the worst. It, it's this. just I, I hate the, Rob Manfred might be the worst commissioner ever in the history of sports. Oh my god, he makes Bowie Q look like Little Lord Fauntleroy. I mean, <laughs> he makes Roger Goodell look <laughs> like he knows what he's doing too. I'm not a big Roger well, Goodell fan either. You always, you always have all these uh, incredible comparisons. What's the one you do about um, Marcel Marceau? Oh, what was what was it? Oh, what about? Uh, what, what was it about Marcel Marceau? 
There was one that you said he, he the guy speaks so little he rivals Marcel. Oh, yeah. Marceau. Right. I can't remember. I, don't who know, I forgot who you did that with. But I had to laugh at that. I one. can't remember who what, it was. What do you think about going back? If you know about the baseball thing, as far as what they're doing with the rule changes, what would both of you? What would be the real? Um, if they really wanted to do something and not toy with the game so drastically, what could they do in order to, I guess, speed it up and to make it a bit more interesting and a bit more appealing to the to the younger folks? Get what rid of the say? shift. Well, get rid of the shift. Get and rid of the back, shift. Get for bring sure. back speed and also maybe have a clock, like a pitch clock. You have to, you know, pitch in a certain amount of time. I guess the Red Sox have. You know, I'm a big Red Sox fan. That's and uh, the Red Sox have historically seemed to always have the slowest moving starting pitchers you know like Josh Beckett every year he took it seemed like a, a minute in between every pitch Jonathan Papelbon who was our closer for a decade he no that was Kimbrel but the face the face yes but but Papelbon actually got fined by the league for taking so much time in between every pitch pitch clock do you remember they're, they're Mike, working do- it on, they're implementing it in the minor leagues bring it into major league Ralph do you remember Mike Hargrove they used to call him the human rain delay Oh, no, just the batting gloves or yeah. just the cross. You know, play with the, play with the dirt. I mean, and, and of course, the batting helmet. But you know something? He was a hell of a, he was a, hell of a hitter. Yeah, and a good manager, too. a lot of too. these guys, you know, I just harken back to the old days. You know, I, I would get in there and kind of do my thing. And I remember my coach getting on me and saying, get up there and hit, Romeo, because when you, when you stop tinkering, you're much better. And that's true. You know, Seaver used to say something when he pitched, you know, get the ball back to the plate as fast as possible. Give these guys the least amount of time to figure you out and get that ball back to the plate and get on with it. Gibson Gibson felt the same way. Yeah, it was always about, I remember Ray Miller talking about, like, when you're a pitcher, you, you know, you, you slow strikes, you work fast, you have a rhythm to, to it and everything like that. So, yeah, yesterday, uh, Luis Heel, who had pitched really well but walked seven guys in his last outing, Gave up four home runs to Minnesota. I flip it on and it's five nothing, and it's like forget it. You know, I'm not going to watch this. And before you knew it, it was five five. I was doing my afternoon walk, and it was five five. So I went back and watched the last inning, and uh, and then they won in that eleven. What was it in the uh, bottom of the tenth with the phantom runner Glaber Torres coming? By the way, the Yankees decided Ralph after. 27 errors. In two years, they're finally moving Glaber back to second. Yay! Way to go, Brian Cashman. Thank you for that pompous reaction after two years. I really appreciate what a, it. What a terrible job that guy does a shortstop. It seems like every time the Red Sox and Yankees play each other, Glaber Torres makes two errors. He's gone now. I mean, they're putting him in second base. He's no longer going to play shortstop. And it took him 27 errors to figure that one out, Ralph. You know, I mean, 27 well, errors? Traditionally, the, short, the shortstop, like I, I think of, uh, of Buddy Harrelson or Dave Concepcion. Right. These guys were no... We're all field, no hit. Right. So now they want these big boppers on, on shortstop. That's where you're going to get. But you can actually look at a player, and you can see if he's able to play that position in about two minutes. Absolutely. You know, that, that position is the toughest position in the infield, and you've got to be a special kind of athlete to play. And not, it doesn't, it's no put-down to, uh, to, to him. It's just the fact that he's just not a shortstop. Right. Well, who's the best defensive shortstop you ever saw? To me, it's Ozzie Smith. That's my you know, best one I ever saw. But the best that I ever saw, um, Mark Belanger was there. Yeah. Um, uh, Ozzie Smith was was more acrobatic. He was fantastic. 
Uh, there was, you know, and my guy was always Harrelson, but he wasn't as good as these guys. But he was up there. Yep. He can make that play, and he was only—he must have weighed about 140 pounds, <laughs> yeah, right. soaking wet. Skinny, yeah. He can make that play in the hole with that little body of his, and make that throw across the diamond better than anybody. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's funny. Belanger's from up here in Pittsfield, and uh, in fact, they have a field for him. And uh, last year was it? Not last year. A couple of years ago, my friend uh, was a. Uh, um, the production uh, head uh, for this uh, documentary about Mark Belanger and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I'm surprised I don't have a picture of him smoking a cigarette when he's, you know, he, was, he used to smoke in the dugout. It was really weird to see, but uh, obviously that's what caught him was the cancer from all the smoking stuff. But, yeah, Mark's from up here. The other guy that's up from North Adams, uh, uh, Jeff Reardon's from up here, right? And then Happy Jack Chesborough, who won 41 games. <laughs> Imagine this. The guy won 41 games with the New York Highlanders way, way back in the teens. I can't imagine, like, the manager walking up to say, hey, Chesborough, you're pitching today. What do you mean I pitched yesterday? Well, you're pitching today again, okay? Relax. You know, it's like, Cy well, you Young. Know, another guy I like, and he wasn't as good in the field, yep. but, man, he can... He was a former center fielder. I think actually he went to center field after shortstop, Robin Young. Oh, Robin was terrific. Terrific. Yeah, he was, I was watching the Hall of Fame uh, you know, ceremonies, and Jeter was talking, and Robin Young was sitting back there, and Ted Simmons was talking about Robin Young. Ted Simmons, you know, I, I don't know, borderline, good player, good hitter, not great defensively, but really good hitter. I liked watching Teddy. He was a terrific clutch hitter, a really good clutch hitter. But the, his hair was so different. He looked, I was cracking up. He looked like, I was, his hair was so weird. He looked like Richard Harris. I thought he was going to start singing Garther Park or something. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you realize that no, this nobody is Robbie, this is you who's a big gets fan. these references. You do realize that, don't you? What'd you say? I said nobody under fifty. I know. We do. We do want to. You guys do want to appeal to those, those uh, young millennials. Well, actually, millennials aren't that young anymore. What's that generation? That's uh, generation before X. the millennials now. There's another one. Now. Oh, there's a new one. I know. Sean is what generation X. I'm thirty six. I'm turning thirty six yeah, on Sunday, so I'm I'm still a young one, but I'm an old soul. <laughs> well, my wife, my wife and I were talking how great your voice is. And uh, we were comparing voices because we always say how the voices are so terrible on the radio. These people couldn't go near a microphone in the older days, you know. Right, right. And you guys are, in the voice department, you guys are fantastic. You're also making my wife a sports fan. There you she go. Knows, That's all right, Cindy, way to go. Sports. She knows as much about sports as I know about baking a cake. But <laughs> there's going to be a time when she's going to be... Uh, Really, uh, you know, listening to this program religiously, I'm telling you. When is your program, by the way, this week? I wanted to, wanted to uh, ask you. When's, is when's, well, every night, you know, you can hit, you can find me every night at 8 o'clock on WPAT 9.30 a.m. Sounds good. And people good. that actually listen, on, they mostly listen on devices now. They don't, yeah, I do. I pick up the stream. Day, so you yeah. can go to WPAT and listen live and uh You'll hear me at 8 o'clock. I'm going to have uh, Governor Patterson, former governor of New York, on oh, nice. tomorrow night awesome. for, for a half hour. We're going to talk about You know, Governor Patterson's a very fair guy, great guy. He, he's not so partial, and it's interesting to talk to him every time. Do you, take, do you take callers? Yeah, I take callers. You're welcome to call. I wish you would. You know, I can give you. I'm going to give you the number right now because people don't get the number for whatever reason. Right. <laughs> I'm not here to promote my show, but I appreciate it. No, it's two, fine. One, no. Two, it's because sometimes people listen and then they don't, you know, call. But two one two, two one nine, nine six nine five. And again, I appreciate you letting me uh, do that. 
Oh, that's great. Thanks, Ralph. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to take a time out on the break. So uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you coming on, as always. And uh, give my best hey, to Cindy no, and my, give you a hug to mom. My pleasure. I'll, see, I'll, I'll talk to you next week. All right, absolutely. Thanks, Ralph. Thanks, Ralph. Okay, yeah, bye. Okay, bye. That was my buddy Ralph Romeo in New York. And uh, we're going to take these timeouts because we have to do this right here on WTBR. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit, and uh, we'll just take these uh, commercial timeouts. And, uh, and uh, we'll be back with more WTBR Sports Talk. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the Donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. The classic rock you love and the new rock you need. WTBR. All aboard! <laughs> Do you like hard rock and heavy metal music? Oh, yes! Well, then join me here Friday nights from 8 to 10 for Wounded Radio. Every Friday night, I play two hours of the best music on the planet, from ACDC to ZZ Top and everything in between. This is going to be cool. Want to hear a song on Wounded Radio? Request it on the Wounded Radio Facebook page. And join me here Friday nights at 8 for Wounded Radio. Yeah! Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Underwriters are so important for keeping this station alive. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. I'd like to thank our local businesses for supporting Pittsfield Community Radio and for believing in the mission of the station. When you hear underwriting messages on the air, you know those companies support WTBR-FM. If you're listening now and your business would like to join in and support us, call me today at 445-4234 and get involved or visit us at WTBRFM.com. It will make all the difference. Radio for people who used to love radio. Welcome back. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here, uh, beautiful downtown Pittsfield at 89.7 FM. Sean Cronin, Robbie Zucker right here for another 20 minutes or 22 minutes. I see on the clock we're here every Tuesday for an hour. We'd like to extend it maybe one day. Who knows? But we're thinking about doing a podcast eventually down the road, and then we can talk our little hearts out for a while. But uh, it's a really enjoyable place to play uh, and uh, do a great job here at WTBR. So 413-4452. Three, four. Great to hear from my buddy Ralph Romeo down in New York, an extremely talented guy. That was a great spot with uh, Ralph. Yeah, Ralph's the best. He was great. He's the best, yeah. So he's the best, yeah. And uh, he just got married recently. His wife is just absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, Cindy, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. 
<laughs> and we hope we turn you into more of a sports fan every week. All right, so let's go to baseball. All right, let's go to the Red Sox. Last night, losing again on the road in Seattle. Um, I know Devers had a pretty good game, and uh, Bowie had a good game. But uh, same thing, same problems with the uh, with the Yankees. Starting pitching depth, just absolutely horrible. And now with Sale going down, so... I'll so get your I, thoughts on that. So. Yeah, so I, I, I fell asleep pretty early last night, and, and I happened to wake up at about... Wait, it had to be before, after 1 o'clock. It was, about, it was about <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning I actually woke up, and, and uh, what do I see? Ryan Brazier on the mound. Crooked head, I call him, because he's always got his head tilted off to the side, and the first pitch I see, he gives up a three-run homer. Does he work for Dairy Queen, Ryan Brazier? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank that, you. That was, I like that. That was clever. But but then uh, in the in the top of the eighth... Uh, Devers and Bogarts go back to back, and it's five to four. I'm like, all right, we got a shot here. Okay, okay. And uh, they bring in Austin Davis in the ninth inning. He shuts him down. He's, he's Austin Davis of the 5.03 ERA on the season. I haven't seen the, him pitch. So. One of the terrible Heim Bloom bullpen acquisitions, which he made two trade deadline acquisitions for the bullpen. Both guys had ERAs over five. Hanser <laughs> Robles was the other one from the Twins. They're both awful. He tried to start a fight with the Blue Jays dugout two weeks ago, and nobody had his back. That just shows you how, how yeah. awesome he is. But uh, So what do the Red Sox do in the top of the ninth inning? They just try to hit home runs. Now, how about a little small ball? How about a couple, you know, station, station? How about a base hit or two? In 2021, you're asking for small ball for and, bunting? And, and, and now we're uh, we're sitting here with the Toronto Blue Jays, who don't seem to like to oh lose anymore. God. And they're in first place with the wild card, with the Yankees and Red Sox tied for second place. And please, I need a Red Sox-Yankees wild card play-in game. I need Chris Sale against Garrett Cole. I need 1978 Bucky not to happen. I need it to happen the you other way around. I was not alive, but I'm a sports. I'm a sports enthusiast. I know you are. How do you know I wasn't alive? I was. Uh, I was negative seven years old. Oh, well, there then. you go. Okay. So, but no. I, I, it, it, how awesome would that be for the sport if we got a Red Sox Yankees? Oh, playing it'd be game? great. Absolutely. I don't care about the Blue Jays. I, I don't like the Blue Jays. They scored 44 runs. In two, in, in three games, they scored eleven runs in the first, eleven runs in the second, and beat the Orioles. Twenty. You know what's going to come down? Twenty-two to seven. You know what's going to come down to this? You, 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 and I, you and I could form a team from guys out in Pittsfield here, and we could beat the freaking <laughs> Orioles, man. Come on, the Orioles are. It's that's why that, that's one of the main proposals from Rob Manfred is a hundred million dollar, uh, at least salary that you have to have every year. You know, that's which is not going to happen. I think there's going to be a strike. I don't think they're going to, you know, the collective bargaining agreement is up this year. I don't think they're going to come to a deal. They're not. And, and, but it's teams like the Orioles that are the problem. What's their payroll, $43 million? Yeah, I mean, they have some, good players. They have they, some and, good players. And what they do is they trade away their good players. Yeah. And it's Cedric Mullins, their center fielder, is going to put 30-30 this year. It's 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. They're going to get rid of him. You think so? That they're gonna. Is he a free agent, free agent next year? Or I no? think it's only his second year. Yeah, I was going to say. But yeah, you know, yeah. once the salary starts climbing up, right, right. they're going to get rid of him. They're going. They're operating like the Pirates. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the teams like that are bad for baseball. Well, that's why you know Marvin Miller was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, the other day, and my problem with Marvin Miller being inducted is, yeah, he gave a lot of opportunity for guys to be free agents, et cetera, et cetera. It started with Kurt Flood when I was really little, and then Andy Messersmith, and then you know when I was a kid in '76, Catfish signed for a million dollar contract with the Yankees, but. But, but the bad thing about it is that there's no salary cap in baseball. So you have Pittsburgh and you have all these small market teams that you know don't give a crap. But then you have a small market team like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay that wins right, every right. year. So, so is it really about small market teams or is it really about ownership 
you know, giving a hoot about actually winning. I mean, and can we give a little credit to the managers here and there, like Kevin Cash? I think Kevin uh, Cash might be the best manager in he baseball. He just ruins baseball, though. I mean, but he, pulling Blake Snell in the World Series last year—that was that was the worst thing I've ever seen. But that's what's so dumb. This third time around the order crap. Go tell Roger Clemens. Go tell Nolan Ryan. Go tell guys I grew up with, Catfish and Gibson and Lefty about third time around the order. It's a bunch of crap. I'm sorry. Alex Cora did it with Tanner Houck the other day. My father and I were watching the game. He, he gave this. up. He gave up two runs in the second inning, but he didn't give up a run the rest of the game. So he's got 66 pitches through five what? innings. And what, what does Cora do? He pulls him and puts in our reliever, Robles, with a 5.38 ERA. And I'm sitting there going, and, and Cora, the, and they lose the game. They lose the game. And Cora at the end of the game goes, well, the third time through the order. And it's like, what no, does that it's mean? analytics, which is ruining baseball. What is third time around and, and the I order And I think it's mean? coming from up top. I think it's, of course it's, it is. It's, Cora, I don't think he would have pulled Hauk. Hauk. He struck out the side in the fifth inning. And I'm like, if Cora pulls him, He's a good young I'm pitcher. gonna, I'm gonna flip. And he came out in the sixth inning. He didn't come out. I mean, in the sixth inning. And I looked at my dad and I went, "You have to be kidding me right now." And they lose. And our bullpen has been garbage all year. Yeah, I know. And how was pitching the best game he's pitched all season? And the analytics are ruining the game. Of course they are. Sixty-six pitches. Are I mean, everybody hits me? 220. Everybody hits 220 now. I'm looking at averages through the league. And, I'm like, and the statistics are so ridiculous. Like, like, Joey Gallo is the poster child for baseball here in 2021. A guy who hits 196, okay, with 33 home runs and, like, 67 runs batted in with an OPS of 820 or whatever. I was going to say, your favorite stat, he's oh, got a great God. OPS. I hate OPS. Oh, I hate OPS. And war. A war I can't stand. Wins against replacement. Explain wins against replacement to me because I just don't get it half the time. I mean, it's just. It and how about how about with the pit with the starting pitchers? Where they say, well, their ERA is like four seventy one, but his FIP is three thirty three, so he's a run and a half better against his ERA. No, he's not. The guy has an ERA over four. He's not good. It's just these stupid stats that these nerds have come up. And I'm sorry, no offense to the nerds no, they of the are world ner- out they there, are but nerds. It's, it's awful. It's Give me ERA, give me batting average, home runs, and RBIs. Batting That's average doesn't mean anything. See. Batting average doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, when I see a guy like Gallo hitting 196, I mean, how would you like to be a Major League Baseball player? You come to bat, and four guys are standing in the outfield because they know this dummy is not going to be able to hit the ball the opposite way. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, which I got crazy with him, saying he's telling me that players can't hit the ball the opposite way now because guys throw 100 miles an hour. And I see that, and it's BS to me because nobody makes an adjustment. And he said to me, oh, Rod Carew could never do anything like that today. I'm like, what, are you kidding me? And Tony Gwynn's rolling over his grave watching these guys. I mean, everybody hits 200. Look at the averages. I mean, the Yankees on the stretch where they lost 11-13 at a batting average, a team batting average of 202. It's ridiculous. Don't you think if a guy's throwing 100 miles an hour that there's a better chance the guy's going to hit to the opposite field because he's probably going to be late on the swing because the guy's throwing so hard? It's it's the shift drives me nuts. Oh, it's the worst thing. They, for they baseball. have to get rid of that. I mean, it's, oh, it's the worst. It's, it's a, terrible. It's the thing I hate the most. The most anything in baseball is the shifting. Aesthetically, it looks ridiculous. It takes away the entertainment value of the game. You know, this is supposed to be a game about entertaining people, and when you, it's not really entertaining when the ball comes right to the person. I mean, it's I, I compare this only to through the three second violation. Okay, in basketball. All right. If you didn't have a three-second violation, you could put somebody underneath the basket all day. You could have had Patrick Ewing when I was, you know, younger and Score have him sit 70 there points. And, right, and stuff yeah. the ball. Will Chamberlain would average fifty points a, a, a year. Uh, excuse me, average fifty points a game. Okay, for one year, fifty points averaged. Okay, scored hundred points. Okay, against the Knicks. 
these guys would have scored tons of points. It's the same thing as having offsides in hockey. There has to be some kind of limitation. It's like cheating. It's like, why don't we just have five infielders and then everybody can stand there and the ball can go directly to everybody. I mean, the beautiful thing about baseball is watching guys make plays. Oh, it's like, great, let's stuff uh, Xander Bogarts out of shortstop and, sh- and shove him into right center field, you know, so uh, 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 Joey Gallo will get up the bat and ground a ball right to him. It's like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that and that that contributes to the low batting averages. I mean, and they started doing it to David Ortiz, and he started finally the last couple of years of his career going the other way. Yeah, the Yankees were being out hit yesterday. Uh, they didn't have a hit through five innings against Minnesota, so Gallo gets up there, right? And he bunts the ball up the third baseline and gets on, and of course Voigt grounds into a double play. I can't stand Voigt. I Voigt, Voigt. I deserve to play more than Rizzo. The, those comments he oh, made. Oh my God, please. Yeah, you were good last year, but you're not having a good year this year. He's another feaster family guy. The Yankees are built so stupidly. You don't need six guys in your lineup that are... The problem with the Yankees is they have guys with big strike zones. They need to get a guy with smaller strike zones. They need, they need to, to get left-handed yep. hitters in that lineup yep. that don't hit 220. I mean, that's the, the shortest porch in right field of any stadium. Right. And they had, what, eight of their nine guys that were regulars before the trade deadline were right-handed oh, hitters? Right, it's supposed to be it analytically. Was, Cashman analytical. did not build that team very well. No, he didn't. He didn't build well at all. And I was—I mean, every year I would say the same thing. We need left-handers. But the problem is we don't need a left-hander that strikes out 50 to 60% of the time when he gets up there. We need, it's right. about contact. Like, I watched the Giants the other night, okay? Everybody strikes out in the league. Tampa strikes out more than anybody in the American League. thing is, they swing the bat. They don't take pitches right down the middle like the Yankees do. But the Giants, the reason they're now like, you know, 44 games over 500 is because they make contact. They hit the baseball. What a ridiculous team the Giants oh, are. Ridiculous. I mean, and they, and they, it's and they, ridiculous. Buster Posey and Evan Longoria are playing like they were playing 10 years ago. All uh, the resurgent uh, seasons for them. You got Crawford it, should be MVP. And then Galsman, you know, he came out of nowhere. Yep. And uh, Desclafani from the Reds, like their their pitching staff, Johnny Cueto. Yep, Yaz's kid. I mean, kid. Johnny Cueto's had a great year. Yaz's kid, but yeah. he's even but Yaz's kid is in like two seventeen. Right, two seventeen. But he's got twenty five right. homers. Oh, good. And an OPS, your favorite stat, man. <laughs> your favorite stat, buddy. OPS. OPS. <laughs> okay, so it's funny. I was watching. And Ga- I'm sorry. Let me just, yeah, just, yeah, just about the Giants real yeah. fast. Okay. Gabe Kapler. I, I know. Who was a terrible manager for the Phillies, and all of a sudden he's forty two games over five hundred. I mean. Uh, where does this come? Where it. does it come from? I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm thinking of, my, <laughs> I'm thinking of big, you know. I don't get it. You know. I mean, uh, oh the, the, and and you know what? The, the Dodgers. I mean, Max Scherzer has just been on Amazing, fire. Of course, he's going to win the Cy Young. The Yankees I think. get Andrew Haney, and the Dodgers get Max Scherzer. I mean, look at them. You know, Brian Cashman get Andrew Haney. Max they, said, oh, they said all oh, the Red Sox ownership group is trying to push uh, Heim Bloom to get Max Scherzer. I'm like, do it. And then he said, oh, they were never really into it. I'm like, yeah. why? You notice general managers and people in the public don't call themselves Chaim. They call themselves Chaim. Chaim. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I have to do a lot of the hub the hubbing on Wednesday night and Thursday because it's Yom Kippur. So, which is really about basically about you know a, a bunch of Jewish people in a room that have major halitosis. So that's you know. It's <laughs> he's he's hi. Don't come he, near me. He's building the team as a high. Uh, salary Tampa Bay Rays team is what he's doing to the Red Sox. It's like, yeah, their their salary is two hundred something million dollars, but their roster is like not very good. Okay, so real quick, let's look at the schedule. All right, the Yankees have three against Baltimore. They have the Rangers at home, Cleveland at home. Then they go to Boston, to Toronto, and home for Tampa for three games. Now, realistically, when you give up 
How many runs to the Orioles and lose two out of three to the Orioles when you lose two out of three to the lousy Mets, who are one of the worst offensive teams in the league? And I, then I enjoyed those you have games, to struggle against Minnesota to win. What makes me think, as a Yankee fan, that this team is going to beat anybody? Uh, you know, going down to Baltimore even this weekend, and 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 the same thing. I mean, just. Over and over and over, the inconsistencies of this team. They have no starting pitching. Everybody's hurt. Cole's going to pitch on Tuesday. But after that, it's like cold and a cloud of dust. What else? Did, did, did Cole get an MRI? Did, was he Because he got taken out of the game with a hamstring, right? Yeah, he's fine. He's well, the, fine? Okay. Yeah, the hamstring wasn't a pull. It was just a, it was a tightness in his hamstring. So he felt he needed to pull himself out or, or he was going to get worse. So. And what's going on with Severino? They said he was, he was throwing from 120 feet. Is he going to pitch this year? Like, even out of the pen? I, I don't even know because, like, he's had so many setbacks. I mean, it's really a shame when you think how good this kid was when he was on his game and he was one of the best young pitchers in baseball, but he had a problem with his groin and a problem with his sh- – I mean, it's just been one thing after the other with this guy. He sat 99 with his fastball. He literally yeah, averaged no, he's like a 99 miles talent. He's a great pitcher. He's a great talent. And, the and Andrew Haney, is- they should have left him in Kansas in the cornfields when they were out there. <laughs> yeah, that guy is – he's a can of corn. He's terrible. They could have he given Haney. up nine home runs and seven starts at least? He gave up – no – more than that, he gave up four home runs in his first start for the Yankees when they acquired him. The guy's awful. I know they could have got Mr. Haney from Green Acres for crying but, out loud. But, they wouldn't. But then he shuts out the Red Sox. That's just that's well. The that's Red my Sox team. were in right. such a down. The Red Sox were in such a downfall at that time. See, that 13 game winning streak to me was so overrated. I mean, it really was when you think about it. Anyway, when you follow it up with a seven game losing streak, yeah, yeah. Four one three four four five. Uh, four two three four. We have about seven minutes left here. Going in uh, WTBR Sports Talk at eighty nine point seven FM in Pittsfield. Obviously, Sean Cronin with you for another few minutes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, all right, so I'm going to be realistic in the last, what, I'll say, okay, I'm saying two out of three from Baltimore, two out of three from Texas, maybe they sweep Texas, and then they play Cleveland, who's still tough. I mean, Cleveland's not a great team, but they're still tough. And then, you know, they go up to Fenway. I, I don't... I, I just don't see them winning at Fenway. I just don't. They might win a game. I don't see them winning against Toronto. I don't see them winning, beating the Blue Jays up in Toronto. I just don't see it. I, you got to have starting pitching. You cannot give up. What makes them me think as a Yankee fan when you give up 29 runs in 30 innings against the Mets in Minnesota and now all of a sudden you're going to pitch well against the Red Sox and pitch so, well against Toronto and then against Tampa? So we talk, You and I talked about this off the air the other day yeah. about the MVP conversation. Oh, but Shohei Otani right. and Vladimir Guerrero. Guerrero just hit his, what, his 43rd home run? Home 44th, run of the year. I think, the other 44th. Yeah. So he has gotten them into first place in the wild card. Correct. And the Angels are just, you know, they're terrible. Yeah, of course. Otani gave up seven runs the other day on the mound. Yeah, he hit his he hit another home run, but what does the like word you MVP said, like, mean? MVP means most valuable player. It shouldn't just be to like the guy that's got the best stats because Guerrero has carried the Blue Jays. I mean, he's just he's torn the cover off the ball since the All Star break. MVP means hey. I'm the best player on this team that is actually going to go to the playoffs. Right. And Guerrero should win the MVP. If Otani wins, that's going to be another annoying, analytical bunch of garbage because the Angels are terrible, again. Do you remember when Kurt Gibson won the MVP? He had 88 RBIs, I think, for the Dodgers. But he was the most valuable guy because he really was the most valuable player. It's like in the NHL, you have the Hart Trophy MVP, and then you have the Rocket Richard Trophy for like the most goals or something like that. So they break it down differently in the NHL. And by the way, I'm psyched for hockey. The training camp starts next week. I'm all excited. It actually starts this week. 
So I'm real excited about the Rangers season. And uh, the Bruins, you know, we'll talk about that sometime next week. Maybe we'll do an NHL preview and so forth. But, I mean. I'll have to do some homework on the NHL. I don't watch a lot of hockey. Yeah, but... that's, that's, my, that's my sport. I love, I love hockey. Grew up. I used to watch games with the injured Rangers and growing up in, you know, in, in Ryburg, Porchester. And, uh, you know, all my life they all lived in my neighborhoods. And, uh, and the hockey players are the best. They're the best guys. They're always there to sign an autograph. They're always there to, you know, to have a conversation when you want. They're fun guys. And they come from small towns. And they don't have Load management in the National Hockey League. Thank you very much. This load management, you want to know why the Yankees are so inconsistent? Because you get a different lineup every day and a different batting order. I'm so sick of it. When I was a kid, I knew... I knew that Mickey was leading off. I knew Willie was playing second. You don't, you don't like Brett Gardner hitting leadoff with his ten, uh, two seventeen batting average? No. And I, you know, I had this conversation. <laughs> I had this conversation yesterday with Michael K on ESPN. Right? I was on with Michael K yesterday. I had this conversation. See ya. See ya. I had this conversation with Michael, and Michael said to me, "Well, they have a legitimate leadoff hitter, but he's not having good years. His name is DJ Lemayu." And I said, "DJ Lemayu is not a leadoff hitter. He doesn't put pressure on the defense. He doesn't put pressure on the pitcher. What, he can't go what first happened to, to him this year?" Oh my God! He got his hundred million dollar contract, and he's hitting what two sixty. He's been absolutely dreadful from the fact that he strikes out too much. He pulls the ball, he's grounding into double plays. I mean, he's been god awful. I don't know if the league has caught up with him. I don't know if he's made adjustments. But he used to take the ball to right field with consistency all the time and hit the ball where it's pitched. And now he's striking out. He's been god awful. He's one of the biggest reasons why the Yankees have had such inconsistency this season. He he's reminded a me a lot reason. of the play to Derek Jeter. A lot of you know opposite field. He's not afraid to slap the ball to right no, field, and he doesn't do that anymore. No, it's it's very rare for him. He's trying to pull the ball. They all try to pull the ball. It drives me crazy. Like Luke Voigt the other day could have taken the ball up the middle, but he chose to pull the ball along the ground. And if it wasn't for Javi Baez's bad throw, the Yankees don't take the lead. So Javi Baez, yeah, what well, a disaster the Mets. Jeez, jeez. I Frankie the, Lindor, you think they would? Do you think they're? Uh, uh, you know, regretting signing him to no. $341 well, million? Dollars. Probably I mean, now with all the free agents guys. The guy I wanted was Trey Turner, but he has another year in his contract, and so the Dodgers have him for another year. And the Yankees really could do this. I mean, if they really want to, you know, they're going to go after a shortstop next year. The question is Carrasco who? or Trevor Story? I like Corey Seager, and here's why. Seager, too, yeah. Because he's left-handed. Yep. So, And he's got Pop. He's only 27 years old. And obviously they're not going to re-sign Seager when they have when they have to, uh, you know Trey there. And for, Trevor Story reminds me of a classic course field hitter. Of course, that's, his, his splits are incredible. You know, right. out of course field. Which reminds me, Larry Walker, Hall of Famer or not, he's in. So we, there's nothing we can do about 2, it. Twenty-one hundred career hits. He's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. His stats in Colorado are incredibly different from before he was there and after he was there. I don't. I do not think he's a Hall of Famer. Because I had this argument with a friend of mine the other day about Larry Walker, and he says, well, he's a 313, he was an MVP, he was a gold glover. And I'm like going, you're going to compare Larry Walker? I said, you want to know a better player than Larry Walker? And it's it, uh, probably the same similar stats, and he's got more RBIs. He was a great outfielder, great arm. It's Dave Parker, the Cobra, okay? When I was growing up, Dave Parker was a guy who could steal bases, hit for power, hit for average. You look at his stats, he's got better numbers than Larry Walker. Um, you know, and he's telling me about, about league MVP. There's a lot of guys that were league MVP that are Hall of Fame guys. You don't put Larry Walker in the, MV- Eddie in the, in the Hall of Fame. Put Troy O'Leary in the Hall of Fame for the Red Sox. It's same, you know, I mean, come on. Uh, there's there's um, Mike Lowell. I mean, there, there's so many Mike comparisons. Lowell. Mike Lowell was a great player, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He was a good player still. I started with the Yankees. But, I mean, I just, like, I'm trying to figure out what the Hall of Fame is so watered down now. I mean, look, they pulled Harold Baines, and then Baines looked and said, he, Baines. He, was in, he was embarrassed. He said, he said what, what are you talking about? I'm not a Hall of Famer. Do you think Jim Rice is a Hall of Famer? you think he should have been in? 
It took At him. First, it took him the whole sixteen well, years. Well, you know why? You know it. why he was not elect, elected because the baseball writers couldn't stand him. The press he's couldn't a, stand a, him. He's a jerk. I've met Jim Rice a couple times he, outside of the Nesson yeah. Studios. He's not a nice guy. Yeah, I know. He well, that's why that's why the writers didn't vote for him. He to me is. A guy who, if you look at his stats at that time, he dominated that era and stuff. But if you look at his home run totals and everything, they're, they're not as big. They're not even 400 home runs. But he had a lot of good years. He was, sure. he was consistent every year. To me, he's borderline. But to me, the Hall of Fame is for all-time greats. It's for guys like Mays and Aaron and Ruth and, the, and those guys that, that are, you know, dominant guys, Ken Griffey Jr., the guys that dominated baseball. And I'm sorry, but get over it. Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Of course he does. The all-time hits leader, put him in there. It's I mean, rid- it's, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Now, especially now that you can, you can bet baseball legally. Right. And Pete Rose isn't in there. I mean, I'm sorry, but that Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. 4,200 career hits. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And anyway, we're going to wrap up things for another Tuesday, but thanks for joining us. Thanks to Ralph for giving us a call, and hopefully next week get some more callers right here on WTBR Sports Talk at 89.7 FM right here in downtown Pittsfield next year. Um, next year. Next week, I'll probably be covering more NFL, so we'll see how the Giants do Thursday night against Washington. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Patriots and the Jets and a whole bunch of other stuff, so please give us a call next week, 445 445- Four two three four, right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker with Sean Cronin. We'll see you next week, folks. And shout out to my brother down in North Carolina. There you go. All right, thanks for tuning in, folks. Stay safe, stay well, be well. He's a firefighter. Shout out. <laughs> there you go. Amen to the firefighters. Yeah. yeah.